Hey, welcome to TPT's podcast. I'm Dan Friel, and I have with me, as always, Maury Hirsch-Gordon. Maury, how are you doing? Dan, doing great. Very good to hear. And Josh Brown. Hey, Dan, just uh, still waking up a little bit after the Super Bowl last night. It was a late night, but a good night for the Patriots. So. Uh, Maury, you're not a, obviously a Patriots fan. Josh and I clearly are. Um, last night's game, greatest sporting event you've ever seen or greatest event of all time? I think greatest football game ever, <laughs> given the circumstances. Um, I actually was at my girlfriend's house you know, in Connecticut. They are diehard Patriots fans. So I was donning a TB12 jersey all night. Um, definitely, you know, Snapchats, Instagram, uh, you know, all my friends were kind of ripping on me. How could you wear the Jersey? But, you know, Tom Brady obviously just cemented, uh, you know, being the greatest quarterback of all time, uh, you know, game of inches. Look at Julian Edelman's grab. I mean, that's why players, you know, train so hard in the off season. That's why, you know, they're put on those stages and, you know, great season for Matt Ryan, a Philadelphia guy. I know some, some people who, who knew him, they say he's a great guy, and obviously his MVP was well-deserved, but you know, hats off to the Patriots. They really came through, and you know, quite the game also for James White. A little bit of connection to, of TBT to that Super Bowl, too. Devin McCourty was on uh, a roster in 2015, uh, and obviously Matt Ryan was on the Skinner Freight Train roster last year uh, as boosters. So it was nice to see that both of those guys had an opportunity. Either way, TBT was going to come out a winner. Uh, NRG Stadium, also in Houston, was the site of where Villanova had their uh, you know game-winning um, national title uh, shot last spring. So really, an exciting year in Houston. Really exciting. I mean, tr- I mean, just a tremendous year, tremendous game. Uh, you know, just great championship games all over the place, from TBT to the NBA Finals to the MLB. You know, NCAA football, NCAA basketball. You know, and now this. It's you know, we've been spoiled in the past year. I probably sound like a broken record when I say this, but the common thread with all of those games, whether it was the World Series Game 7, the National Championship game in football this year, which was incredible, uh, in, in uh, the NCAA, the NCAA Basketball Championship game, the Super Bowl, uh, obviously TBT, all of these things, it's a winner-take-all, win-or-go-home scenario. You know, Game 7 in the NBA Finals was an unbelievable basketball game as well. It's like you put people in a context where they have to either win or they just go home and there's nothing else to be done. That's when you get the maximum amount of effort out of everybody. Josh, what were your thoughts on that that win last night? Well, yeah, no, I mean, you said it kind of perfectly. That was going to be my point. Um, I, I mean, you said it perfectly when you get to that kind of winner go home, uh, and that's what TBT is all about. So um, I, I think being a part of TBT before the game has actually made me appreciate kind of the, the game seven uh, winner go home kind of mantra more because you're watching that you know, every single game, um, for the whole tournament, but yeah, no, the, the game was great. Um, obviously as a Patriot fan, I mean, um, I was down and out for three and a half quarters. I had a lot of, um, just kind of bragging rights on the line, a lot of talking to people about how, um, like for example, I would say to Maury, you know, he's an Eagle fan, a Philly fan, um, and a Sixer fan. That's like, who would want to be that? So a lot of that kind of banter going on. Um, and I almost, you know, it almost kind of came all back to me, but, uh, you know, Tom Brady bailed us out, bailed, uh, New England out like he does. So, um, you know, Tom Brady, you know, I, I always kind of put him as a, a Boston fan on the David Ortiz and Tom Brady, but I think Tom Brady even elevated himself uh, above that. Maybe, uh, really, uh, you know, one of the three best now, if not the best, uh, Boston athletes of all time. Well, I just think, honestly, Brady's now at the point where you're asking, is he on the level of guys like Babe Ruth? 
You know, I mean, it's just it's yeah. unbelievable how important he has been to that franchise. And Josh, you have no recollection of it probably, but growing up, you know, when I did, uh, for a decade plus, the Patriots were the worst, the absolute yeah. worst. You could barely get 20,000 people down there at Foxborough. They played in a high school stadium, play, frankly, some place that wouldn't even be considered a good high school stadium in Texas. And for them to be where they are now, uh, people that are your age, 20, 21, 22, have no conception really of just how bad this franchise was easily the fourth uh most important franchise in boston and now you know five super bowls in 15 years is just absolutely incredible all right well we've got some sorry go ahead yeah i was just gonna say there's actually a great uh kid that he shows up at every parade and he has a sign that says like it's like 10 years old and nine championship (laughs) parades or something right 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 and that's just true it's just it's such a uh, turn of events and really the whole thing started i think when parcells came in in 97 and at that point, every franchise in Boston was under, uh, really underwater, just really not doing well. The Celtics were terrible. The Bruins hadn't been in the Stanley Cup in forever. Um, the Red Sox had had some success, but never had reached where they were in 86. And now it just is like a competition of, you know, who can sustain attention within the Boston market, you know, over a, even a two-month period of time, because it's like every two months, somebody's doing great. All right, yeah. too much of that Boston talk, I'm sure, for everybody else, but uh, <laughs> we've got some great stuff this week on the TBT podcast. Um, I know, Maury, you spoke to uh, really a guy that um, has done some great things in TBT, uh, Zach Andrews, who played with Team 23 the last couple of years, a Bradley University alum, and it was kind of hard, I'm sure, for him watching the Bradley guys make it to the Final Four of TBT last year. And then after that, Josh, you spoke with uh, Bobby Parker, who has actually the GM of Always a Brave, that Bradley alumni team that Zach was right along with and cheering on last summer. So we'll get to those two interviews now. Uh, first up, we're going to hear from Zach Andrews, and then after that, we'll hear from Bobby Parker. Zach Andrews from Team 23. Zach, thanks for hopping on the podcast and giving us a little bit of your time. Uh, no, no problem. Thank you for having me. Hello to all the viewers out there uh, that's tuned in. Take us through, you know, your journey, uh, you know, and where the basketball is leading you in the next couple of weeks. Um, you know, last week I, I went over and uh, tried out for uh, Team Suggest. That's over in um, in Lebanon, which is a beautiful place. Uh, if you've never been, I, I um, you know, motivate you to go. Um, so I just got back from there. Um, lovely city. And um, as the following weeks come by, I will be probably taking off to go and play in um, in Mexico, possibly. So we're just working on that right now. And how excited are you to go to Mexico, continue playing basketball this year, and you know, getting ready for the TBT? Um, I'm, I'm I'm excited, man. Any opportunity is a good opportunity, you know. Um, you know, I'm constantly working on my craft to become better and stronger, and um. You know, that's an everyday thing for me, uh, you know, especially to stay healthy throughout the season. I've been able to see you live at the TBT. You know, many of our listeners have seen you live or, or watched you on television. But for those of uh, of the people that are tuning in that haven't seen Zach Andrews play, how would you define your game? Um, I find my game is I'm, I'm all around, man. Um, I say my go-to would have to be definitely my defense and uh, my energy. You know, I'm an energy player. Um, I consider myself to definitely be a leader, you know, whether I'm I'm given the crown or not for that. Um, But, man, I I, I try to do it all. Whatever needs to be done, 
You know, I try to make it happen, you know, whether it's passing up a, a good shot for a great shot, I'm okay to do that. Or, you know, if we're, if we're looking for a specific uh, team member to get a shot off, you know, for a great look, I'm, I'm making sure I'm there to uh, set a wonderful screen and uh, giving him the open look that we need. One of my favorite plays from you in the TBT has to be in TBT 2015, and I'm pretty sure this one sticks out in your mind too. I hope it does. The dunk you had, the posterized dunk in the semifinals in New York City, you know, one of the first scoring plays of the game. Take me through that sequence. You go up to set the high ball screen, and once your teammate gives you the ball on the roll down the lane, what's going through your mind? Man, uh, <laughs> um, you know, just get to the basket. And, and don't let anyone stand in my way. Whoever's going to stand in my way is going to, you know, wreak havoc of the, of the rim reaper, as you will. Um, but that's just my thing. You know, if you're, going, if you're going to try to stop me, you better try harder than, than what I am trying to get to the basket because my goal is to break the rim. Anytime I go up for a dunk, I'm trying to break the rim. That's just my mentality. It's always been my mentality from high school up into, um, you know, college and, and now. You almost broke your jersey. You know, you almost ripped it. I'm watching the, the dunk right now. Throw a two-handed <laughs> monster dunk down, and you kind of do a little discount double check, you know, from your chest, and then you show a little skin. Is that kind of like a patented celebration of yours, or is that just kind of emotion trying to get to the million-dollar game? Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, it's kind of like putting a stamp on whoever just tried to get in my way to not do it anymore. Um, you know, what it is, it's a, um, it's a scripture from the Bible, Zechariah 4, 6. And uh, it's kind of just letting them know that, you know, not by might, nor by power, but by spirits of the Lord Almighty, you know, anything can happen. You stand in my way, you know, I won't be stopped. So that's that's pretty much what I do. And it's, um, and it's a Z. Um, it's a special Z that I had uh, created for me and uh, tattooed on my chest. So I have that, you know, when something just, amazing happen and I'm just all my energy just you know just explodes I'm just yeah <laughs> that's what it is <laughs> you've played the last couple of years for team 23 you made a run in the first year all the way to that championship game you've had similar success in college as a member of the Bradley Braves making you know a very surprise run to the Sweet 16 knocking off two power five opponents in the first and second round you guys were a double digit seed how much, how many, what were the similarities like making that run all the way to the million dollar championship game in TBT uh, to the NCAA tournament when you made that Sweet 16 run in 2006? I'm sorry, I repeat that, you cut out. Uh, what, were the, what were some of the similarities? Uh, you know, that you had going through the TBT, winning games, you know, with your back against the wall, all the way to that million dollar game that you saw. Uh, and that you experienced in the NCAA tournament in going to the Sweet 16? Um, the similarities will have to be just, you know, I'd say everything, man, because you got to put everything on the line. You're going out there, you know, with everything you got, and you're, you're just out there to compete. And, um, you know, pretty much it's like the TBT, you're, you're put up for, what, three meals, and then... The, the Sweet 16, I mean, you're in the tournament, everybody's trying to get to number one, and, and there is no, there's no second place. And, um, you know, one and done, that's what it is. So, 
you want to you want to go out there and you make sure you're giving it your all. So I would have to say those would be the same similarities along with you know the the energy of the crowd. Um, everybody's just hungry, and you know everybody has different goals and and what they want to do and where they want to be. So um, I say the energy level is, is the same in that atmosphere of the TBT. I had to um, compare them to the uh, 316. You're one of a in few. Pe- oh, I'm sorry. Continue. Oh no, I said in the final four run to be number one. Yeah, you're one of a few people, Zach, that that's had an opportunity to play one basketball game for a million dollars. How do you characterize, you know, your emotions and your play on the court, you know, to try to stay focused and just play another game of basketball like it's another game, and you know, not let that million dollar be a distraction. Uh, that's hard, dude. That's that's definitely tough. I mean, in my eyes, it's like not a lot of people can say they they only play six games to win a million dollars. You know that that doesn't come by every day. Um, so my mentality for that is just go out, man, and just you know, as if it's your last day to live. You know, and that's exactly what it is to me because. It's a it's a million dollars. <laughs> a lot of us guys, um, you know, overseas don't really see see that much in a contract. And even though you know that that's taxed, it's still a lot of money, you know. And um, it's ah man, it's, it's it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to explain. <laughs> I mean, I just I just go out there hungry, know what I need to do, and. Um, what my goals are and what I want to do with my life. I know basketball isn't going to be here. So, you know, my thing is to just win all out. Give it everything I got. And emotionals can definitely take a take a toll on you. Uh, but you try to uh, keep it together, you know, for, you, for yourself and for your teammates. Um, because at the end of the day, it takes five, it takes a team to win a game. You fast forward a year, you're in TBT 2016. You guys blow right through the West Regional. You get to Philadelphia for the regional semifinals. And, you know, you encounter a team in Team Colorado. You eventually fell short. You guys, you know, made a great comeback in the second half, fell short. You guys played great team defense on Marcus Hall. I mean, that guy can flat out ball. He only had 15 points against you guys. Uh, But that supporting cast for Team Colorado. No, they had five players in double figures. So with your experience playing Team Colorado on the court, you know, seeing those guys face to face, how does a team go about beating them? How should a team go about beating them? Yep, for the upcoming year. I mean it's clear it's clear what you said. I mean Paul, he he, he did what he needed to do. And um you know, I believe he was on the uh he was on the uh, Colorado team. The first year we played him, we and we did work, you know, and uh, we we stopped him. Uh, he's a great player. So if I had to say, you know, he's their energy guy. He's their team leader. He's the one you want to stop because he gets everyone involved. So you can't you can't put a short amount of focus on him. You have to put majority of your focus for that game on him in order to stop this, in order to stop that team. Team 23 bows out in the Sweet 16, another great run, and you know we're expecting Team 23 to be back this upcoming summer and make another great run like you guys have the last couple of years. But you're in Philadelphia this uh-huh. past summer, 
And there's a team called Always a Brave. And you, you're pretty familiar with these guys. It's no surprise. You, you made that Sweet 16 run with them. They beat a team in Pedro's posse. They destroyed them. They beat you know NBA stars like Mike Bibby and Jason Williams. They ended up beating them by 30 points. The final score really wasn't indicative of the entire game. But did they open your eyes? Did that performance from your ex-teammates open your eyes and impress you and how well they played? No, man. No, not at all, man. Because that's, that's, just, that's just what we've, we've always been. You know, it's a, it's a brotherhood when it, when it comes to the Braves, man, and then the Bradley. Like, that's just the love we have for one another. Like, we fight. You know, we bring it back together and we fight again. But at the end of the day, you know, we're brothers. And, um, you know, that's just something that they've always done. And that's what I've, I've learned from uh, Bradley University. And um, so it definitely wasn't a surprise to me. I mean, this year would definitely open a lot of people's eyes with what they're going to bring to the table and what they have going on. And, um, you know, I just hope you guys are ready for that because they're definitely, there's definitely going to be a, a high chance for them to to advance to where, they, to where they need to be and possibly win it. I think a lot of people are asking, you know, and thinking about the question that I'm going to ask you. You know, you are a Bradley alum, and those are your ex-teammates, Marcellus Somerville, you'd make a great tandem with, your point guard, Danny Ruffin, you know, the list goes on. Um, you know, how hard is it for you to kind of decide between, do you go, you know, to your alumni team and you go with Bobby Parker, um, you know, and the GM of that team, or do you kind of stay with Team 23, the team you started it with? Because I know you are a very loyal guy, uh, and a team that has made a Sweet 16 run and a $1 million championship game is very hard to turn down. I'm gonna leave that. I'm gonna leave that one alone right now. I'm just gonna um, say I'm just gonna surprise you guys, and um, you know I'm gonna leave it at that. But it, it's definitely gonna be that's definitely a great question to ask. Um, so right now, at the moment, I'm I'm still in training, uh, preparing myself for for this tournament, and um, you know we'll we'll see what happens, man. We'll see what happens, y'all. <laughs> Five months away from TBT 2017, Zach. You've had you know two solid runs now. You know what experiences are you going to bring into 2017, and how will you kind of approach this TBT a little bit differently now that you have you know been the underdog and you made a run to the championship, and now you have the experience of kind of having the target on your back after getting to that championship and and kind of losing a couple couple rounds earlier last year. Um. I think I'm going to go into it like I did my first year when we had our run, and that's, you know, like going as an underdog uh, because no one expected us to be as good as we was, and nobody expected us to work as hard as we did. And, um, you know, that that allowed us to get as far as we, as we, as we did. Um, you know, especially for um, guys who were, you know, struggling and had a chip on their shoulder and was just hungry to get out there and play and just, you know, put a hurt on somebody. And, uh, you know, that's, my, that's how my mentality is. I'm going to go back to the the first year I played in the TVT with that mentality. And, uh, you know, I definitely, uh, it was my year to come out on top uh, with the championship. 
you've had quite the you know the success at the professional level. You've been a pro for ten plus years. Your game, the game of basketball, basketball has brought you to over seven different countries to play professionally. You're a kid from Oakland. Uh, you know, you, you had a really tough childhood. You faced some poverty. What has the game of basketball meant to you, and 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 how has it helped shape your life? Oh man, it's been basketball has been a savior for me, man. You know, growing up in a foster home, living from couch to couch, sharing you know friends' clothes that I you know that allowed me to sleep on their couch and I eat their food, man. It's just it's been a a huge savior for me. Um, and honestly, feel if there was no basketball, I could probably be in jail somewhere. Or, you know, have ten kids. I'm not able to, you know, support. You know, with with the girlfriend. And on top of that, trying to finish my education. And um, you know, if it wasn't for basketball, I wouldn't have been able to graduate and excel uh, in life to get me to where I am today. Who is one of those role models that helped keep you, you know, away from away from the streets and helped you help lead you to success? Um, I just have to say, everybody that I've encountered on my journey that's given me a little piece of advice, you know, stick to in books, you know, or you know, stay away from uh, from kids that have bad reputations and, um, and, and things like that. On top of that, um, there was a, a high school program called the OK program um, that all the kids that needed extra help with tutoring and homework could go to. And um, the parents that would help out over there, even the uh, deputy um, from the from the force that was, that was running it, who was uh, Deputy North Cross at the time. And, um, you know, he would he would just make sure, like, that all the guys that had potential, which was everyone in there, uh, gave it their all. And, um, you know, so it, it's, 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 a lot of, it's a lot of people that's been there for me, man, and that I wouldn't expect. You know, I, I, I count it, I count on blessings every day for those people um, because they didn't have to take a chance on me. And, um, you know, they, they put me in the right direction and, uh, you know, they got me where I am today. And I'm still, and I'm still striving to be a better man every day uh, with, with everyone that's uh, motivating me and just, you know, believe in me, supporting me. We were talking a little bit before we hopped on here, and you, you said something very interesting that caught my eye. You know, what are you? What are your plans? You know, when you conclude your professional basketball career? Well, my plans is to, you know, be a be a firefighter. Um, you know, and continue to help. I, I just love that 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 team spirit, man. Just that you know. It's, Cliche as that sound, I just love helping others, you know, because I was helping when I didn't have, have anything. And, you know, being able to be a live hero in uh, certain certain people's eyes is is, is, is huge for me. And, and to have an effect on their lives, man, it's just, it's just big. You know, without even doing anything, it's, 
it's hard to it's, oh man <laughs> it's uh it's, it's hard to explain in a way um because the people that helped me that didn't have anything and gave me advice I looked up to them as heroes and now I'm able to um spread what they taught me along to others so uh being a firefighter after basketball is, is my thing I'm uh, recently uh studying to get my um Well, I know I can speak on behalf of myself and, you know, probably, you know, the majority of the TBT community, if not the entire TBT community, that we all look up to you, Zach. So, you know, definitely thank you for participating in the TBT. We look forward forward to you coming back this summer in 2017. We look forward to seeing you hopefully, you know, in the Super 16 and in New York City again. You know, Zach, you are know an inspiration you know among others in tbt that's one of my favorite things in tbt is you know guys like you who want to give back or you know you look at someone like kyle fogg who has won back-to-back tbt championships and the work that he has done to help raise money and use the money that he won his earnings to build schools in third world countries in underprivileged areas so you know the work that you are going to do the work that kyle does the work that you know a lot of the tbt people uh, in the community, players and professionals, you know, on the other side, outside of basketball, you know, it's all for, for one good cause. So Zach Andrews, thanks again for hopping on the TBT podcast. Definitely, nope. uh, looking, fo- definitely looking forward to hearing, you know, which team you'll play for, but you know, we're just glad that you'll be back. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure. We'll talk soon. All right. Thank you everyone. Welcoming in now, Bobby Parker, GM of Always a Brave to the TBT Podcast. Bobby, uh, you're someone I wanted to have on for a long time. You're finally here. Thank you for being here. Hey, no problem. I didn't realize I was difficult to get. <laughs> no, more on our side than you. Uh, Bobby, <laughs> uh, before we get into Always a Brave, they're a team who, you know, TBT fans know made the Final Four. Uh, a lot of interesting stories, whether it be uh, Marcella Somerville, Patrick O'Brien. We're going to get into that. But first, uh, I think people want to hear a little bit about you. If you could just uh, talk about your role with Bradley University and the team in general. I think a lot of people know you as the guy who was uh, kind of tweeting from the sidelines, but don't really know a lot about you. So uh, how about you let the people know, uh, again, what you do with Bradley and kind of your connection with the team. Sure. I have a hard time imagining people really want to know, but, uh, <laughs> but that's fine. Uh, yeah, I'm an associate athletic director at Bradley. I oversee our athletic communications area, uh, and I now oversee uh, operations as well. But uh, basically, I was the sports information director uh, when all those guys played at, played at Bradley. And I think what's so interesting is when we talk to uh, different people, whether it be Colorado, who we talked to a couple weeks ago, uh, Marquette, you know, all these alumni teams, You, we, the question I always ask is how willing was the athletic department to jump in and kind of embrace the teams? And uh, for a lot of the teams, you hear them talking about how uh, it took them a little bit of convincing to kind of jump into TBT. You know, they didn't really know what it was, and they didn't know if they should be supporting it. You know, it's – former players, not players right now. They didn't really know if they should jump in, but you guys in the Bradley Athletic Department were all in. How do you kind of uh, hear about TBT, and um, what, what what was different on your standpoint in terms of kind of the program really getting behind this team? Sure. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know how much really uh, was different, but the, um, you know, the department is very supportive. Uh, I know, you know Coach Wardle uh, is now in his second year as, as the head coach at Bradley University, and you know, one of his big uh, big things they wants to make sure happen is is that we've got a connection 
um, you know, with the current program to, to the former players. And so, um, you know, I think it was important for him to, to have that connection uh, with these guys and, and make them feel at home. So, uh, you know, I think we're, um, you know, that's positive on, on the Bradley side of things. Um, you know, in terms of, but, but I would say that not a lot of people knew what was happening. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the event is still a, still a pretty young, pretty young event and, and, uh, people are starting to learn more and more about it. And, and I, I recall, you know, the first year of the tournament and I have a vague recollection that something was happening and I wasn't really sure what it was. And then in the summer of 15, um, just happened to be home one day flipping channels and, and had sports center on and saw Zach Andrews, who's a, a Bradley alum. Um, it was a college teammate with a lot of these guys that were on our team, uh, happened to catch him on, on top plays. Um, and then as a result, you know, kind of found out a little bit more about the tournament and watched, uh, you know, the team 23 with, with Zach, uh, play in the championship in 2015. And, and so then that kind of started some conversations of reaching out to, to Daniel Ruffin and Marcella Somerville and some of the guys about, Hey, what do you think about, you know, did you guys see what Zach is doing? What do you think about trying to put together a Bradley team? And, and then it just kind of picked up steam from there. I should have actually told you, Zach Andrews is actually your stalemate on the podcast. Uh, our other guy, Maury Hirschgorn, talked to him about, uh, you know, just kind of watching you guys play, you know, his <laughs> career at Bradley. So he's actually going to be on this podcast with you. Um, so certainly a guy that is a lot of TBT experience in his own. But um, for you guys, so you said you began reaching out to some of the guys, Somerville, who's playing very well overseas, by the way, uh, mm -hmm. just really tearing it up over there. And some of the other guys how kind of much convincing did you have to do or was once you kind of got one guy on board did everyone kind of follow suit um and just how hard was it to convince guys to give up their summer to play in this tournament it, it was really pretty easy uh you know you have to give zach a hard time like we want to make sure that zach is playing with us uh and playing with his teammates uh here at bradley and and i've had some conversation with zach and i'm hopeful that uh that he'll be able to do that. But, uh, yeah, I think the guys really, you know, particularly the core group of guys that played together here at Bradley as part of our 2006 Sweet 16 team, um, you know, those guys really hadn't seen much of each other because they are all, you know, a lot of them are still playing around the world uh, professionally. So they really uh, bought into the idea of getting together and having some fun together and, and reuniting and, and putting a Bradley uniform on. Uh, may not have said Bradley Braves, but but, you know, Putting that red uniform, always a brave, is an important saying uh, within our, our program here at Bradley. And uh, it didn't take much convincing at all, that's for sure. Absolutely. And then you guys obviously made uh, the big run that you made. And I, I think uh, just watching you guys, it, it you know, it was kind of just a calm and cool, collected team. You've really had um, the sense that, you know, we have alumni teams, but this was an alumni team. They played together and gelled uh, so well. What was kind of the practice regiment like for you guys? So you all come together. Uh, how many months out do you begin practicing for the tournament? Where did you guys practice at Bradley? What was that kind of like preparing for it? Yeah, we didn't really get together until the week before the regional in Chicago. Mm. So, uh, you know, the guys, they are pretty spread out. Uh, you know, Marcellus in, in his offseason, he does come back to Peoria. He is a Peoria native. Uh, Daniel Ruffin lives here in Peoria. Jeremy Crouch lives in a, a town just south of Peoria. Um, you know, so those guys are nearby, but everybody else is, you know, Chicago, Matt Sally's in Charlotte, uh, Will Franklin's in Houston. Uh, so we're pretty spread out. Um, but we were able to get the guys together uh, the week before. Uh, they came in on the weekend. Uh, we put on an alumni game uh, that week, and so we had 
you know, a bunch of other players back in town as well and, and had a game on campus and, and we did a little bit of a fan festival, you know, with that, um, you know, but we, but we ran just, a you know, about a six day, five, six day training camp. We did play the current Bradley team. Uh, we played those guys twice, uh, during the week to just to get, you know, some, some up and down and, and, and an opportunity to, to see some, some competition, um, which was, I think, beneficial for both the current team and the, the alumni team. And then we headed up to Chicago and started playing. If I don't ask you this, I'm going to get people tweeting me. I think people want to know who won those games between the alumni team and the current team. Let me just say that they were both very competitive games. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Yeah, that'll do. That'll do. I'm sure they were. Uh, can you talk a little bit about being on the inside of Bradley Athletics, uh, the culture of Bradley? I think when people hear Bradley, they think that Sweet 16 team. Uh, but I think a lot of people, especially before TBT, and I know it was the case for me uh, before I, you guys entered TBT and I could kind of dig in and do my research, what's kind of the culture of Bradley basketball? You know, how uh, encompassing is it? How much does the community get into this team? Because I think – uh, a lot of team for a lot of people outside of Illinois, Bradley is kind of an unknown. Uh, yeah, I mean Bradley uh, basketball has a very rich basketball tradition. Uh, Bradley University, um, it's a centerpiece of our community in Peoria. Um, you know, that goes back to um, really into the 30s as really being a, a significant um, attraction to Peoria, uh, something for our city to rally around. Um, you know, Bradley has a very interesting history. Uh, we've actually been invited to participate in the first year of six different major college basketball tournaments. Uh, Bradley was invited and played in the first NIT. Uh, we were invited to the first NCAA tournament and, and turned that bid down in order to, to play in the NIT again in the second year. Uh, we played in the first Commissioner's Classic, uh, which was a, a tournament in the 70s. Um, we played in the first, uh, national campus tournament, uh, it was a tournament that was played in the fifties was a national tournament. We played Syracuse in that, um, we played Kansas state and, and Southern Cal in that commissioner's classic in, in the seventies. Uh, we played in the first CBI and we played in the first CIT, made the championship game, both of those two tournaments. So, um, it's kind of a unique little, uh, unique thing, I think for Bradley basketball, but, uh, you know, when those guys were playing here, we were routinely averaging over 9,000 a game. Uh, you know, Sammy Maniscalco, the one year um, he was playing with us, uh, we averaged over 10,000 a game uh, for our home games here in Peoria. And, and we're still uh, we're still second in the Missouri Valley Conference in average attendance uh, right now. And, you know, the, the program has struggled a little bit the last couple of years, but we're definitely on the upswing with the, with the team and, um, you know, still remains very important to, to Peoria. Speaking of that, kind of exactly on the lines, how did you kind of gauge uh, the community's response to the guys coming together? You talked about having the uh, fan fest before uh, you began, you know, your journey on TBT, but uh, just looking at whether it be social media or just, you know, you're around town at a restaurant, yeah. what was kind of the, the community's reaction to these guys all coming together? I think it was pretty, uh, pretty exciting. I, you know, again, I, you know, I think people were just kind of finding out what the whole event was about. Now, the longer we played in it, um, became more and more exciting. And, and, you know, we've got, uh, Buffalo Wild Wings and there's a couple of Buffalo Wild Wings here in Peoria. And I know, you know, they had a couple of viewing parties, um, you know, when we were playing on, on the ESPN networks, uh, we had a send off party at, at one of the Buffalo Wild Wings before we headed off to New York and, and had a great turnout there that night. Um, 
you know, so I think the, the community definitely was kind of figuring it out as we were going and, and became more and more of a rallying point. You know, uh, Bradley, is as I mentioned, is, is so important to Peoria. You know, we were leading off the, the sports cast of our, our news affiliates. I mean, we have all of the network affiliates here in Peoria, uh, front page coverage in the Peoria Journal Star, uh, you know, as, as the team was progressing throughout the, the tournament. Uh, you know, we had several hundred fans attending the, the um that fan festival and, and alumni game uh, the week leading up to the regional. So it was, uh, you know, and people still ask me, they, they want to make sure we're doing it again. I get that question every <laughs> week at church. Uh, you know, when I see people at, at our games, uh, I routinely get that question of, you know, are we going to do it again? Absolutely, and uh, certainly we can't wait uh, for another Always a Brave run. I know it's kind of hard to sum up because um, it was such a good and deep run you guys made and uh, so many good games. I think of the Jackson-Tennessee underdogs game um, in particular just because I felt like they were um, a non-alumni kind of version of Always a Brave. So too, I, I loved that battle between the two of you guys when you guys won that game late. But overall, just talk about uh, the overall experience in TBT. Any big memories that come to mind? I'm sure obviously play playing on uh, national TV, which uh, you guys do already at Bradley. Uh, but just any big memories that come to mind in the overall TBT experience and, um, you know, making the run that you guys made? Well, the biggest thing about it is, you know, the guys the guys did it, and, and it was my hope going into this, but um, they just wanted to be together. Uh, they wanted to put a Bradley uniform on and, and play together and hang out with one another and, and make some more memories together. And, um, you know, for the, the most part, those guys, they all had overlapping careers with the exception of, of Philip Gilbert and Sammy Maniscalco were the only two guys on the team that had not played together at Bradley. Everybody else had overlapping careers, uh, here at Bradley, but, uh, it was interesting over the course of the tournament. I think Philip and Sammy may have bonded the most <laughs> uh, of that whole group and, and the, the, you know, the text exchanges, uh, the threads and Facebook messaging and the threads that were going back and forth with, with the guys on the team. It was, it was just so much fun, but you know, they, they really weren't, obviously we wanted to win the tournament, but I think they just wanted to win the tournament as much about winning um, the necessarily, you know, the prize money at the end of the day, like I, they're competitors and, and, you know, the, you roll the ball on the court and they want to win, um, you know, but they just had such a great time together. The chemistry of the team, which I, I think was really the primary reason why we had so much success was just, you know, the team chemistry. They were playing for one another. Um, and it was just it was just a fun to be around them and, and um, just to kind of see the joy in their face and 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 spend that time with them was just a lot of fun. You guys were also one of the more balanced teams. You filled out the roster really well, but uh, a problem that we get with teams, whether it be um, Colorado, other alumni teams, Notre Dame after they won that first year coming back for the second year, uh, a problem we hear a lot is that you guys actually, you get so much exposure from playing on TV, and that's kind of the big basketball event of the summer that um, you get other guys who want to, you know, who played at, whether it be Marquette or maybe Bradley in this case, who want to uh, jump in, and they say, you know, I want to be a part of it. You guys already had a pretty full roster. I don't know if you filled it all the way, but it was pretty full. Um, and so ha have you been hearing from guys who weren't on the team who want to kind of jump in, and uh, does that kind of put you in a tough position that you might have more guys interested than you can actually take on the team? Uh, I think we're in a pretty good spot. You know, um, we had a couple other commitments uh, for that team last year, and they ended up not playing for, you know, for various reasons, uh, injury uh, primarily. But, um, you know, we ended up playing that tournament last year with nine guys. 
Um, you know, Philip and, and Gilbert and Jeremy Crouch are going to be a part of our team this year, but probably won't play. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Philip, <laughs> Philip's the old man in, in the group. And, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think he's going to coach with us and Jeremy, you know, Jeremy injured his ankle pretty severely, um, the year he played professionally overseas. And, uh, yeah, I think it's just basically become pretty arthritic and, and as was great as he played throughout the tournament, um, I think he realizes his body just can't do it anymore. So, uh, so he won't play. So the other seven guys are all planning on returning. And then, um, we've got some other guys that, uh, that I think are interested and, and we'll be able to fill out a roster and, and have pretty good depth at every position, I think. I was going to say, Jeremy, you wouldn't be able to tell he was uh, injured by watching it because uh, he played really well for you guys. I want to ask you about, because uh, you mentioned some guys helping out coaching. The coach you had last year, A.J. Guy, and he's obviously uh, a, a Peoria guy kind of through and through. He didn't um, play at Bradley, obviously, but um, just from the community, how do you kind of get him involved? The only guy who right. wasn't a, a Bradley guy, um, certainly a Peoria guy, and now he's obviously uh, coaching over in the D-League uh, with, I think it's the Bulls affiliate. Uh, so yeah. How do you get, how do he kind of get involved with the team? Uh, AJ didn't play at Bradley, but, uh, you know, he definitely has connections to, to Bradley basketball. Um, born and raised in Peoria. He's actually half-brothers of, of Daniel Ruffin. Mm. Uh, and then he played high school basketball for Chuck Bisher, who was our assistant coach and is a Bradley alum and had been an assistant coach uh, at Bradley um, and, and coached, <clears throat> was on our staff when, when those guys made that Sweet 16 run. Um, so he had pretty deep ties to the program. And, and even some of the guys, you know, I remember specifically Tony Bennett reaching out and, and tossing out the idea of, of A.J. coaching. Um, you know, so because of his relationship with Daniel, uh, and Marcella specifically, he knew our guys already. Um, he had NBA playing experience. He's had professional coaching experience. Um, he gets the significance of Bradley and, and Peoria. And so it really was, uh, a pretty natural fit. And he's a guy I got to, uh, be in some of those locker room sessions doing our social media and some of the camera work and, uh, mm-hmm. really a, just a great addition. He was a great coach for you guys. So, uh, certainly a natural fit. I, I want to ask you about one guy in particular, and I think everyone can kind of guess who, um, Marcel Somerville, a guy who really just shined, you know, you guys had so many good, uh, kind of pieces, whether it be Ruffin, Sally, Somerville, O'Brien. I mean, you can go up and down, but um, Somerville really made for, you know a name for himself in TVT. Uh, was a very good college player, obviously, but really took it to another level. What was it like kind of watching him have as kind of special of a tournament as he did? Well, it was just great to see Marcellus get to showcase um, what he's all about uh, throughout the course of the tournament. Uh, you know, I've, I've gotten to know, obviously, I was, I was the SID when, when Marcellus was playing here and, and obviously got to know him in that regard. And, but he's always made a, a point of, of stopping in and, and visiting with me when he's in town over the summers. Um, you know, I see him in our gym working out, um, you know, every summer. You know, he's just he's a pro's pro. Uh, he goes about his business. He doesn't mess around. Um, you know, he's got, he always has a plan for, for what he's trying to do. Um, you know, he's very cognizant about, um, staying in shape and, and eating right and, and treating his body right. Um, you know, so it didn't surprise me, uh, to see him go out and play at the level he played during the tournament. But, you know, but I also just, it made, um, you know, I was just so proud of him and, and the opportunity he had to, to again, showcase who he is. Um, he's a tremendous family man. 
you know, his wife, Brooke, uh, and their kids are, they're all tremendous. Uh, he runs a foundation, he and Brooke, they run a foundation here in Peoria to give back to, to our, to our city. Um, you know, he's, he's good friends with Sean Livingston and, and, you know, he partners with Sean as well. He and AJ and Daniel all get together in the summertime and, and they put on camps for, for the kids in our community and they, they do events to benefit, um, you know, so many people in our community. And it was just, uh, it was great to be able to, to let the others, other people see that the Marcellus Somerville that I know. And he's actually playing in Orleans right now, a very good club team in France, playing very well. He, he was one of our uh, overseas kind of players of the week on the podcast a while ago. So uh, I have one more question for you. I think um, actually two more questions. One is just a quick hit. We all kind of saw when Daniel Ruffin went down. Uh, I forget exactly what game it was. I Was it? the semi Colorado Colorado game. Uh, is there any kind of update on him? Cause I, he was one of my favorite players to watch. I got to talk to him quite a bit and get kind of, uh, pulled at the heartstrings to watch him go down. So any update date on how he's doing? Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, first of all, what, isn't he just amazing? Uh, you know, I had people question me about, you know, because Daniel hasn't played, uh, now in a couple years. And, uh, I had no doubt that that Daniel could still play. And, uh, I mean, he played at a really high level, but, uh, he tore his Achilles in the uh, in that game against Colorado. You know, fairly early, he had come out in that game. He had two dump off passes to Patrick O'Brien for dunks. He had hit a three, had another basket. I mean, he had contributed to all nine points uh, to start the game, and we were off to a good start. But tore his Achilles. He's had surgery, and he's in the rehab process right now. Uh, he comes to a lot of our games. I see him quite a bit, and and uh, seems to be moving pretty well. And uh, I'm not sure that he's playing yet. But uh, he's definitely progressing through his rehab, and he has every intention of, of playing again this summer. Yeah, that's great to hear. Real good guy, uh, and obviously played very well for you. My last question, Bobby. Um, I I think I know the answer, but we ask it to everyone uh, before you know before they leave the podcast. You guys, you've already kind of confirmed that you're going to uh, obviously make a comeback in TBT, make it back. You know, looking at the team, uh, who you had, you know, maybe some guys you anticipate coming in. What's the ceiling for this team? I I know what the answer is going to be, but um, where do you see this Bradley team going in TBT 2017? Well, you know, you just you just never know. I mean, you know, if Daniel doesn't get hurt, I think we all feel like we had an opportunity, um, you know, to, to move on and, and play for the championship and, and give uh, overseas elite a game. And I don't say that to take anything away from Team Colorado because there are a lot of similarities in our team and the bond within the team. Yeah. And, and how we played and, and, you know, they, they played a great game that day, day to beat us. But, you know, I, but I felt like the, the team had the talent to, um, you know, to, to make a run at the championship. And, and so I feel like we have the talent, you know, to maybe make a run again, but, you know, I anticipate every year the talent of the overall tournament is going to get better and better every year as well as, as, you know, people learn more and more about it. Um, you know, and, and with all that being said, I mean, we were pretty miraculous 15 seconds away from not making it out of Chicago. Right. Uh, you know, and, and losing to it to the 16 seed who had beat, you know, the beaten the Kentucky alumni team. So um, I don't make promises on wins and losses, but I, I know our guys. I know we have a talented team and, and a group of guys that, that love to play the game and, and they love to be around one another. And so I think that uh, that's a combination that that has a pretty high ceiling. 
Um, but that's why you play the games. you got to roll the ball out and, and make the plays. Either way, if you guys win or lose, you're going to be one of the most uh, kind of electrifying teams, the must-watch teams in TBT 2017. Bobby Parker, GM of Always and Brave. Bobby, we really appreciate the time, and best of luck heading into 2017. Yeah, I appreciate the time. All right, great interviews there uh, with uh, Bobby and with Zach. Maury, what was your takeaway talking to Zach Andrews? What kind of uh, what kind of thoughts were you getting from him? Dan, just just about how humble of a guy he is. You know, obviously had a ton of success in in TBT, got to the championship game with Team Twenty Three, but then you know he cheered his teammates on. He was there for his team. You know that that two thousand and six alumni Bradley team. He was right there with them for, with Always a Brave as they went through. He wasn't jealous. You know, he was right there celebrating, cheering them on right on the sidelines. He actually might have even been, you know, one of the loudest people, uh, as I remember, uh, you know, on that sideline in Philadelphia as, as they punched their ticket to New York City. So just an all around great kid, you know, comes from uh, a pretty tough background, tough childhood. But, you know, he's definitely made it, obviously, on the collegiate level and now as a professional. It was really interesting, too, at least, you know, from my perspective, when I was watching Always a Brave last year and thinking about what they might have added to that roster and an athletic big. Uh, was probably right there among the number one things that they might have had to get. So it would be interesting to see uh, what Zach ends up doing this summer. I know he's probably going to have some options. Uh, any kind of guy like him is going to definitely have that. And uh, Josh, I know when you talked to Bobby, uh, you got some great stuff out of him. And uh, it was great hearing from Bobby again. And I'm sure that we'll have some really great and very interesting news about Always a Brave uh, and the Bradley alumni team coming up in the next couple of weeks and months. Um, all right, guys, I know you've got updates from around the country and around the world as well, so why don't we start with Josh, and you can kind of tell us what you've got. Sure, Dan. We have a, a good kind of mix of guys who have been having good years. You've heard them here, and then a couple of new guys as well. Bradley Wanamaker is a guy who we've talked about two or three times, but um, you know he was named one of the Euro Cup Players of the Month, so you got to kind of include him on there. Uh, he had... Uh, 13 points a game and three rebounds in eight games. He plays for that team in Turkey, Darusafaka, uh, which is coached by David Blatt. He also plays with Will Clyburn from an Armored Athlete and Marcus Slaughter from LA Unified and actually Luke Herringote from Notre Dame fighting alumni. And, um, you know, he, he's been playing really good for them, uh, really a leader of that team with, you know, we, we talk about guys like that. They have a couple of other really well-known guys too, uh, but he's really been getting it done, shooting 56.3 or 56 percent from three in the month of january getting to the hoop well so um really leading a team that i think is probably uh the most kind of intri intriguing uh european team uh really in all of europe to watch this year another guy who's been on a ton and then we'll get to a couple of new guys deandre kane uh continues to have a great year over in russia bc uh nizhny novgorov um, he's averaging 16.7 points, 7.8 rebounds, and he was actually named Euro Cup Player of the Week. He had a double-double, 16 and 12 in a loss to Zanit. His team uh, having a little bit of trouble, but he's been playing great for them. DeAndre Kane, a guy who uh, you know joined up with that overseas elite team, won the championship, and was really uh, a crucial piece for them. Um, you know, overseas elite ended up kind of going with two units in TBT, and he actually played along with our next guy on that second unit, uh, Travis Bader playing over in Italy, the second division for Ambalt Riccanti. Um, and he's obviously the three-point shooter, the all-time NCAA leading, career-leading three-point shooter. And he uh, had a very good January. He averaged 21 points per game, 
for his team. Uh, he's shooting 42.4% from downtown, and he's overall averaging 16.2 per game, most of which have been coming via the three ball. Uh, a guy who I always enjoyed watching, Alex Tyus. He played for that AMR team in 2015 that joined up with HBC, who we played with last year. He actually, um, interestingly enough, he has both American and Israeli citizenship. And he was named, uh, the, the title's kind of a mouthful, but he was named the top Israeli player playing abroad. Uh, he's playing in Turkey, so he's the top Israeli playing somewhere not in Israel, playing gotcha. in Turkey for Galatasaray. Uh, he led them to their fourth consecutive win via 11 points and eight rebounds in 23 minutes of action. Um, and he's plays with, he actually plays with Austin Day from Few Good Men. He's averaging uh, nearly seven points a game, but a big one in that win over in Turkey. And lastly, a guy who has had his ups and downs in TBT, Josh Selby. He actually went to Maccabi Kuryat Gat in Israel um, to play with Brandon Bowman and uh, Purple and Black's Curtis Kelly. Interestingly enough, he took the place of Tyshawn Taylor, who played for that team. Um, you know, a former Kansas teammate, he played for Team Foe, did Tyshawn Taylor. Taylor went to Turkey to play for Mamak Beledi, um, and Taylor plays alongside Ramel Bradley from the Bluegrass Boys. But Selby uh, is averaging 13.5 per game in Tyshawn Taylor's old role of Maccabi Kuryat guy. And again, um, a guy who played for BDB uh, has played, you know, been with TBT since the beginning, getting it done over in Israel. That's great. Maury, what have you got? Getting great updates here as well. You can, you know, kind of see these players now. Really, their games are maturing as the year goes on. We're kind of in that middle part of the season. So playoff pushes, uh, you know, definitely uh, a big part, you know, for a lot of these guys, for a lot of their teams that are competing uh, across the world. C.J. Fair, we'll start with him. The Bayheim's Army alumni had to go with a guy from Syracuse after they've had quite the week, two top 10 wins and a, and a road win against NC State. C.J. Fair, 11.5 points a game. Close to six rebounds a game. Uh, he's one of the team's top rebounders, top three-point shooters. He creates you know, a ton of mismatches for his team in France because he's a big lefty, so he can shoot the three, he can drive. You know, He's 6'8", he can block a lot of shots. So he, he takes up a ton of minutes for the team. Limoges, CSP in France. Fair having a great year there. Uh, then we'll go over to South Korea, uh, where Ricardo Ratliff from the University of Missouri, he played for... 757 grain uh, in TBT. He's playing with the Seoul Samsung Thunders. Ricardo has, is having a tremendous year. His team is 25 and 11. They're tied for first place right now. He's coming off a 29.19 rebound performance. And what I like most about him is that he doesn't turn the ball over. He's a big focal point of that team. You know, they play a lot, a lot through through the post. They have a ton of big men on the team. Only two turnovers. In the last 75 minutes for Ratliff, he was one of the top performers of the week in South Korea. He's fifth in the league in scoring, second in rebounding, fourth in blocks, and he's shooting the ball almost 70% from the field. So Ratliff making the most of his opportunity there in South Korea. In China, Dwight Bikes, a great guard from Golden Eagles alumni, the Marquette alumni team uh, that we saw this year in TBT. He's playing for Fusion QB. In China, averaging over 22 points a game, six assists, five rebounds, shooting the ball over 50% from the floor as a guard is really good. And when he gets to the line, Dan, he's making the most of those 
uh, chances. He's at 80% from the line. Dwight Bikes having a good year in China. Uh, Reggie Redding, you know, coming coming from Villanova, he played for the Supernova team. While he didn't get there at the game this year in TBT, he was still on the roster, and he's you know putting in a great year in Germany. He's playing for FC Bayern München. Reggie Redding's averaging just about 11 points a game, four and a half assists, 3.3 rebounds. Dan, I really love those Villanova guards uh, and Villanova forwards. All the, all their players. Jay Wright really produces phenomenal all-around players. You know, as Reggie Redding's stat line, uh, you know, addresses 11 points. Like I said, four and a half assists, 3.3 rebounds. Really spreading the wealth throughout the entire box score. Not just a one-way player. Plays on both sides of the court. And then we'll wrap up back in France with Cameron Clark, who since Christmas hasn't scored less than 25 points a game. Uh, shooting the ball really well from the floor. He's second in the league in scoring. He's averaging 18 points a game. It was way below that. So he's really you know, turned things up. 6.4 rebounds per game is just outside of 10th in the league. 1.7 assists. That's for Team Chalon uh, in France. His team is also in second place out of 18 teams with a 13-5 and record. It's uh, a great update on Reggie Redding. He was um, on tr- in transit from the airport to the game while Villanova went down to four guys after Scotty Reynolds hurt his shoulder in that game against the Bucknell alumni team. <laughs> and he got there literally just as the buzzer went off uh, to end the game. And if if they had had five, I think they would have held on and won that game. But Reggie Redding's a great guy. Good to see that he's doing well. I got a quick update. David Hawkins, who has played with the City of Gods for the last couple of years, is making his return to overseas basketball in Italy. I believe in the second division over there. hasn't been formally announced yet, but I've talked to him a little bit and got some updates on him. And sounds like he's really excited about getting back uh, to playing overseas. It's been a few years since he's been playing over there. And when he had uh, been suspended by FIBA at one point, was actually one of the top pros probably in all of overseas basketball. So really good for David to get back on back on the uh in the swing of things, I guess, playing over there overseas. Guys, uh, great updates. I don't really have too much else to discuss. Obviously, um, great stuff we got from Bobby and from Zach Andrews. Remember, folks, that if you are listening to us on iTunes, make sure that you hit that subscribe button. Leave us a rating and review. Share this podcast with all your friends. Let them know everything that you know about TBT. Uh, We want to make sure that this podcast gets wide as far as it can. It gets listened to as far as it can out there. And uh, while I fumble over some more words, I'll tell you some other things. We're all over social media, uh, facebook.com backslash the tournament. On Instagram, we're at the.tournament, because I can't get the guy that owns the tournament to give it to me. Uh, on, in, on Twitter, we're at the tournament. And uh, hey, are you guys following us on Viber yet? We talked about that the oh, last yeah. time. Viber's huge. That's like the biggest thing going, guys. If you're not following us on Viber, you're really missing out. It's the tournament on Viber as well. Uh, guys, anything else you want to share? No, big. Uh, I got a big broadcast tonight, the Bean Pot, big tournament. If you're a hockey fan, uh, tune in to us on the Bean Pot Northeastern. Going to win it for the first time since 1988. If, if, if the Patriots can come back and win that Super Bowl, then I think Northeastern can win the Bean Pot. Exactly. <laughs> All right, guys. I appreciate your time. We'll talk again soon.